0: Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush, and I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors.
1: You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions.
0: Now let's get on with the show.
1: Hi Dawn from Romance Happy Hour here. Uh, Dylan is in the comments section because we have a full house here. I'd like you to welcome Jamie Albright, Janice Dixon, and Rebecca Hunter. Um, Ladies, do you want to tell us what you write, uh, what you're working on currently, and anything else you want to tell the readers about
2: you? Sure. I'm Jamie Albright. I write funny, sexy, small town romantic comedies. Uh, I have a Brides on the Run series. Um, There are three books out currently. I'm working on the fourth book. running from a rock star, running with a sweet talker, running from the law, and the one I'm ro- working on is running after a heartbreaker. So, that's so that's
1: me. <laughs> All right, Janice. Uh, uh,
3: my name is Janice Dixon. I write romantic suspense and contemporary romance. Um, I have, I think, 13 novels um, now. The most recent that we'll talk about tonight is my rock star, romance and it's called Forbidden Chords. And so there's Rockstar Secrets and Rockstar Centers. And it follows a um, the partners of a of a um, indie record label and as they're signing new artists. And so we just kind of followed this label as they build up their roster finding love along the way.
1: That's awesome. Did you have to do a lot of research for that?
3: Um, Yes, it's been a lot of fun, but um, it's been challenging trying to keep everybody on the same page. Characters like to do their own thing, so (laughs) they don't like my plan, so I'm learning how to go with the flow. Um, So I'm writing, uh, finishing up book three, which will be releasing later this month, Uh, just finishing the last edits, and that will be uh, Rockstar Savages.
1: Awesome. That sounds awesome.
4: Rebecca, what about you? I'm Rebecca Hunter. I write um contemporary, a uh, little new, new adult, and I'm actually working on a romantic suspense, but the kind where like two people are stuck in a woods in the woods together in a cabin. That kind of oh, I love those. <laughs> um I write, let's see. It's usually really hot. Um I write for the Harlequin Dare line. I write about hot bodyguards there. So slight suspense but more sexy than suspense. <laughs> awesome
1: Yay. and I um, am currently just I forgot to tell you what I'm working on I am working on a Coast Guard lighthouse book um, for HQN requested that to see the manuscript when I'm done with it and I'm waiting to hear from Harlequin uh, heartwarming still from my Coast Guard boot camp awesome. so um, that's just what I've been working on. And I think I'm going to ask Dylan to post it in her, in the comments, what she's working on, since I love, always love to hear what she has going on. And um, also our drink tonight, I am not drinking it. I have tea. Ladies, are you drinking? Do you got anything, any drink? Water.
3: Water, Water. and Dr. Pepper.
1: <laughs> I would drink.
2: <laughs> I, happy out. I should have drank something but, or had a drink, but yeah.
1: No, it's they always happen.
2: fun. The,
1: the readers will tell you that usually I, I drink too much during these broadcasts, so tonight they're going to get sober me. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be as fun, but we'll see. <laughs> but um, Dylan came up with an amazing drink, the Frozen Brandy Alexander and Ooh. with ice cream it oh, add ice cream to it so i'm gonna have to try that this weekend
4: it sounded good it. <laughs> <For
1: real. laughs> um so uh we're gonna start with i just
2: ordered a glass of wine from my oh. husband so. <laughs> <That's good>. sweet. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. all right jamie did you wanna did you wanna um start out by reading an excerpt from yours?
2: For yes, you. I'm going to read from my first book, Running From a Rock Star. Oh, also, um,
1: I'm sorry, real quick. Um, I know they, the, we did a post, but you guys want to just say real quick what you're giving away?
2: Oh, yes, I'm giving away a signed copy of Running From a Rock Star. So that's what I'm giving away. <clears throat> uh,
1: Janice?
2: And I also have this. Oh, sorry. Go yep. ahead, Janice.
3: I will be giving away a, a Kindle version of Rockstar Secrets, which is the first book in the Forbidden Chords series.
4: Um, and I will be giving away. And if I pause it's because I can't hear everybody. So just let me know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm giving away my first book, Stockholm Diaries, Caroline, and I'm actually going to be reading from it tonight. But from a new version, it's being republished in first person in march oh, wow. so i'm going to be reading for that new from the new version tonight but you'll get it and then that one that one doesn't have a cover yet and so that one's coming soon
1: awesome. cheers all right there's your wine
2: there's my one he's pretty good
1: All right, did you want to did you want to take over now sure now you have your wine and you're all snacking. i have
2: my wine i'm ready <laughs> so i'm going to read the first uh scene well it depends on the time but Probably just the first scene from rocks running from a rock star. Um, so this is about straight lace Sunday school teacher Scarlett and gotta have him rock star Gavin Bang. So and synopsis attract love story. Light seared through Scarlett Kelly's eyelids. She buried her face in the cool pillow to block the glare, but even that slight movement caused an explosion of agony. Pain and nausea crashed into her like a train on fire. After several minutes of panting through her symptoms, the misery subsided long enough for her to peel open her dry, sticky eyes. Her conservative dress and equally unadventurous bra stared at her from a condemning puddle on the floor. Stomach tight, she slid her gaze slightly farther to the right to identify the black pile in her peripheral vision. A motorcycle jacket, combat boots, black jeans, and a guitar? Yes, a beat-up guitar leaned against the wall on the far side of the room, and poker chips littered the carpet like crushed confetti after a wild party. What the? Suddenly, something warm cupped her naked breasts. She peered down at the large hand connected to a tattooed arm connected to a Oh. My. Lord she rotated her head and stifled a gas uh, and the stifled gas jammed in her throat as she stared into the sleeping face of the man who shared the bed gavin bang a thrill skittered through her the sunlight shone off his raven hair his smooth bronze skin fascinating tattoos bam a memory surfaced through her muddled brain she, she traced the lines of those tattoos the ninja star on his chest. She touched, then kissed her way. Oh heavens. Has she done that with this rock guard? She, Scarlett Kelly, children's author and poster girl for responsible living had sex with Gavin Bain. Gavin Bain, the rock star, AKA the delinquent. Her brain tried to piece together the previous night. She rarely drank and certainly not to excess, even during the worst time of her life, alcohol hadn't been involved. An acute case of bedhead made pushing her red curls from her face a painful challenge. What why had she drunk so much? It all came back in flashes of utter dismay. The children's writer the children's writers conference in Las Vegas, nervous anticipation of signing the contract that would save her family financially. That dream blown up. Blowing up in her face, then the added humiliation of overhearing herself described as a no fun nun. She shown them, look at her now, naked in a strange man's bed, the absolute picture of wholesomeness. I've got to get out of here. She held her breath as she removed his hand and slid from the bed, moving unsteadily due to her pounding head and sour stomach. She searched for her clothes, careful to be as quiet as possible. The purse, bra, dress, and boots were easy, but where were her panties? A a panic attack threatened, and her whole body trembled. Could she have removed her underwear before she got to the room? If so, she hoped that was a memory that stayed hidden. She gave up on the lost undies and headed for the bathroom. Lord, she needed to pee, but after a prolonged study of the toilet decided it would be too loud, and leaving an unflushed toilet was just bad manners. Even though she'd become, by all appearances, slutty McSlut Slut, she couldn't bring herself to be impolite, so she dressed as fast as her shaking hands allowed. The reflection in the mirror caught her eye, and the the blood pounding through her veins turned to ice. Her head jerked toward her image so fast her brain vibrated. For the briefest of seconds, she saw her mother. A tiny whimper cut through the silence, and she ran trembling fingers over her face. People always said she looked like her mother. But now, while making the walk of shame, the resemblance was uncanny. The mental mantra she'd been repeating her whole life reverberated in her head. I am not my mother. I am not my mother. I am not my mother. She grabbed her purse and fled the pristine bathroom. A cool breeze from the air conditioner drifted up her dress and skimmed her bare bottom. She did never go commando. Too much freedom. Restrictions were safe. Without restraint, a girl could find herself hungover, pantyless, and on the verge of a nervous breakdown while covertly fleeing a rock star's hotel room. Oh, wait. That already happened. She grabbed the door, nine feet, and she'd be free of this disaster or she glanced at the door 9 feet and she'd be free of this disaster logic screamed escape compulsion kept her rooted to the spot and it became imperative that she find her underwear i cannot leave without them where could one pair of basic white panties hide the chandelier was blessedly free nothing under on the drapes rod or the drapery rod but a photo on the desk made life as she knew it come to a screeching halt A gaudy cardboard frame held a picture of her and Gavin under a red neon heart, the Valentine Wedding Chapel of Love spelled out in rhinestones around the frame's border. It couldn't possibly mean what she thought it did. No. Next to the picture, the condemning proof, a marriage license issued by the state of Nevada, signed by Gavin Michael Bain and Scarlet Rose Kelly. Her vision blurred causing the letters on the certificate to dance like cartoon characters. She wrapped her arms around her middle and glanced back to the gorgeous sleeping man in the bed. A wave of vertigo slammed into her, along with the memory. She told him she'd only have sex with her husband. With shaking hands, she grabbed the evidence of their reckless night and shoved it into her purse. While her hard-worn reputation exploded into a million pieces, her inner wild child made a victory lap around the room. If that hussy had been driving the bus last night, then she was the reason for this catastrophe. How could she have been so irresponsible? What was she going to do? No good answer for the first question, but she knew the response to the second. Find the panties and get the heck out of Las Vegas. She dug through the comforter at the foot of the bed. She kicked at a pile of his clothes. She checked behind his guitar. Nothing, nothing, nothing. They had to be under the bed. Crap. No interest in work. Waking the delinquent, she cautiously made her way to the side, to his side, and quietly lowered himself to the floor. Lowered herself to the floor, igno- ignoring the sweet smile he had on his face while he slept. The white material peeked out between the headboard and the mattress. Hallelujah! She reached in and yanked them free. All the extra movement pounded dizzying pain into her skull. She bent forward and rested her head on the soft carpet and waited for the room to stop spinning. Are you praying? Asked a sleepy male voice. She squeaked, then suddenly turned her head without lifting it from the carpet. Amusement sparkled in Gavin's smoky gray eyes. Yes, I'm praying you're a very bad dream. He rolled his eyes as if that could possibly be true. Good one. Why are you really on the floor? I, um, I... The marriage certificate hidden in her purse and the cacophony of self-condemning thoughts made it hard to focus. Suspicion darkened his face. What are you hiding under the bed? Is there a recording device there? Are you serious? He leveled her with a deadly glare. There was no trace of the formerly amused man. Actually, there's a reporter from TMZ under here. Would you like to say hello? When his features went from dark to thunderous, she knew she'd made a critical error with sarcasm. I was just um, looking for something. She forced herself to meet his eyes. Looking for what? Titanium coated every word and drilled into her hungover brain. Time to go. She scrambled (coughs) to her feet and an increased heart rate combined with the residual alcohol pumping through her system made the room spin. She swayed and toppled cheek first into the dresser, dropping the panties in the process. Ouch. She covered her face with her hands. Sheets rustled, and suddenly he was in front of her. Shit, are you okay? She slowly lowered her hands, and hot mother of a freaking cow. A very naked Gavin squatted in front of her with all his dangly bits. Well, dangling. Fine, thanks. That's it? That's the best she could come up with, with a gorgeous naked guy in front of her? She So much for clever repartee. She honestly did try to keep her eyes above his shoulder, but come on. This was her last chance to see a rock god in all his tattooed naked glory. One quick peek, then she rose unsteadily to her feet. It was nice to um, meet you, but I should go. She inched toward the door. Wait, you're not going anywhere until I have some answers. He made a grab for her. Fear and adrenaline lit her up like a rocket. She forgot her injury, made an evasive move, and sprinted to get away. When she got to the door, she glanced over her shoulder. Gavin hopped on one foot, trying to yank yank on his jeans. The last thing she saw was her husband as he fell, legs tangled in the fabric of the jeans. She bolted down the hallway toward the elevator. Come on, come on, come on, she jammed the down button. A small logical part of her brain, not currently recovering from near alcohol poisoning, wondered what she'd hoped to accomplish by running. But a larger, wholly irrational part of her psyche screamed, married? I'm freaking married. I've got to get out of here. Gavin stumbled from the room and into the hall, still struggling with the jeans. They were over his hips, but not buttoned. He strode down the hall toward her. The indicator indicator bell deemed, stop, do not get on that elevator. The sight of him stole the air from her body. Magnificent. Scary as hell, but totally, completely magnificent. For a crazy instant, she almost complied, but then the door slid open and broke the spell. She lunged forward, but relief made her clumsy. She tumbled head over heels in the ele- into the elevator, dress flying over her head as the door slid shut. Great. She just mooned her husband. So that's the first scene, first scene of star. Well, it was awesome um thanks i don't know how long that was so <laughs> we didn't we didn't
0: time you okay can you guys hear me oh uh,
3: yeah
2: okay yeah
3: you're frozen now you're I think frozen now,
2: now.
0: <laughs> keep going as you are oh <laughs> um no, Jamie that was great
2: it sounds <laughs> like you. a lot of fun thank you and where did you get the idea for that book um my best friend and reading buddy. um seven years ago eight years ago it was gonna be her birthday in about three months and I thought I know I'll write Jennifer a book for her birthday because I thought that'd be so easy uh because I'm an idiot <laughs> and um so quick, I wrote something, but it, you know I kind of wrote myself in a corner. But when I told her about it, she and I kind of brainstormed the uh, rock star idea. And the whole thing was you know kind of a fish out of water story where he just shows up and doesn't know. So he, yeah, he follows her back to Texas. But, and then he's stuck on this farm in this small town with a bunch of crazy people. So it's a fun story. Yeah. I
0: didn't know if, maybe that was how you met your wine-delivering husband. No, yeah. I met him in college, <laughs> and I hung on to it. Good call. Yep. So I, I think what we'll do is, um, since we've got three people tonight, we'll go ahead and have Janice read next, and we'll save questions till the end. Does that sound
2: okay? That sounds fine. All right.
0: Are you ready,
3: Janice? Yes, I am. So looks be,
2: frozen.
3: Am I frozen? I can hear you. Okay. So I'm going to read. Is Janice uh,
2: frozen though? No. No.
0: Okay. okay. It's just me. Okay. I, I will say it and Janice do her thing. Okay.
3: <laughs> All right. So I'll be reading um, a short chapter from Rockstar Secrets. Here is the cover. Um, it's a Love story it. about a... Um, up-and-coming R&B singer, and is basically his second chance, and he meets a uh, law student, and she is in a very um, perilous situation with her family, as well as having a bunch of secrets that come out as the story goes on, so I will start reading. Brian placed a hand over her racing heart. Andrew and Marquise are the same man. And now she had to deal with both. The thought of sitting through the night in a crowded room with him singing left her concerned. The last time she listened to his music, things got out of hand, literally. She glanced around the room. It was full of gorgeous women. Breonna dolled up as instructed by Ileana. She demanded dress for the club, not for the law firm. Brianna didn't take it that far. She selected her favorite little black dress. However, she was questioning her choice now that she was seated in the front row. The stage was close enough to touch, and the open area between the audience and the stage left her legs <laughs> Her heart skipped, and she tugged at the hem of her dress, and it snapped back higher up her thighs. Brianna groaned, flagging down Ileana from across the room. Ileana walked over. Brianna waved her down lower. She cupped her hand to she cupped her hand and leaned and leaned into Ileana's ear. Why am I sitting on the front row? I can help you. Boss's orders. Andrew wanted me here. She motioned with her finger to the seat, smack dab in the center. This totally was a setup. Yes, ma'am, he did. The lights dropped to a dim. I hope you're ready. What does that mean? Breonna asked her her retreating back. Ileana, she hissed. What does it? The sound of thunder rumbled. The women clapped and howled as the sound of a heavy rain filled the room and dazzling lights flickered like lightning. This was the first concert for her. Not that she wasn't a music fan, she was. Time just w- didn't allow for it, but thanks to her best friend, she may have found her new favorite singer. singer. The stage had a drummer and a keyboard dressed in all black. They blended into the background and the lights faded as the storm crashed once again and Brian saw him walk on stage and stand behind the microphone. A feeling of excitement stirred in the pit of her stomach. Now would be a fitting time for a motivational talk, a talk to keep her legs crossed and on, anything to keep her from giving in to what her body wanted, what it craved. The best advice she could give herself to herself was don't look the man in the eyes." That shot like an arrow straight to her heart and his smile ignited the furnace in the pit of her stomach that always traveled south and under no circumstances could she relive Saturday night on her couch. Dang it, she did it again. Breon blinked several times. The screams of the women caused her to glance around the room again. Nothing but women, except for the police officers scattered around the room. Girl, are you ready for this? The woman next to her slid to the edge, sorry, (laughs) slid to the edge of her chair. You got the best seat in the house. She wanted to ask questions, but the lights lifted, and the women went from cool as a cu- the women went from the woman went from cool as a cucumber to berserk in zero point five seconds. The fog machines turned on, and the white haze filled the room. The drummer thumped in sync with the music as the rain morphed into the sound of a beating heart, with the faint sound of lovers' declarations of love and soft moans of ecstasy. Brian couldn't take her eyes off the stage. He shifted left and right until he settled into a shoulder-width stance with one hand behind his back. Her eyes raked over his body from his black shoes to the loose black pants with the sequence detailed up the side of his legs. His muscles ripped under the snow white shirt and Breon slowly g- gazed up to find Marquise's eyes and he winked. Hidden in the haze of the dark room, she decided to give herself this moment. Tonight she wanted to be the version of herself that Marquise desired. No one had to know. Her heart beat louder than the drummer in her ears. Oh, to have the skills to magically clear the room and have them all to herself. Marquis stepped to the microphone. Tonight is a very special night, and I plan to make it one you'll never, ever forget. He said to the room, but his eyes remained locked on hers. Would you mind if I sing to you? The piercing screams would leave her deaf. Then the track dropped and it went to it went so silent she thought she managed to sprinkle pixie dust and made them all disappear. Would you mind if I put on a little slow jam before I? His lopsided sexy grin sent the room into another wave of screams and shouts of I love you, Marquise. I love you too. He stepped <laughs> down from the stage and revealed the hand of roses behind his back. He gave one to the screaming head beside her. Then he passed her and went down the aisle. The fact that the women remained seated as instructed was a miracle, but it didn't stop them from reaching out and running their hands over his chest. When he made it back to the front of the, uh, with two long buttons were gone and his caramel dripped skin glistened beneath the lights as he stood with a single rose in his hand. He held the rose by its stem as he used the soft flower to caress her bare leg. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Brianna squeezed her thighs together to keep the blaze at bay. She crossed her legs following her own advice as as he brushed the fragrant rose along along her v-neck. Not missing a beat or lyric, he sang while her heart somersaulted in her chest. Intoxicated. I'm intoxicated. He cooed, not taking his eyes off of her. Baby, would you mind? The audience sang every word in ad-lib. The night was full of his pure talent, sexual innuendos, and screaming fans. As it neared the end, the music dropped to a soft volume. I never close a concert without. Pick me, over here, I'm your number one fan, resounded over the music. Brianna was in a daze, churning with desire she never knew existed. All night, he danced and sung, slowly seducing her with his voice, his lyrics, his presence. He flashed his million-dollar smile and laughed lazily. I guess you've all been to one of my shows before. The audience laughed too, but the pleas continued, leaving her curious about what he planned to do next. He walked over to the side and pulled out a red velvet chair. The cool cucumber gasped and fell out of her seat, trying to jump to her feet. Brianna snickered at the theatrics of it all. Marquise took the chair, uh, turned the chair to face the wall behind the stage. And the the stay in your seat rule evaporated. The crowd went crazy, hopping up and down with their hands raised, anxious to get his attention, to be the teacher's pet. But something about the look in his eyes told her he'd made his decision. She hoped her eyes conveyed her plea, don't pick me. She knew her panties were soaked, and this was the most unorthodox interview she'd ever experienced. Marquise laughingly shook his head and tossed his shirt aside, sending the bunch into an uproar. The beat changed and he rolled his body in a Jamaican grind that left her licking her lips and rocking with him until he stopped in front of her. He held the microphone behind his back and leaned beside her, whispering in a low, smooth tone for her ears only. Are you ready? She shook her head. I could lap dance on another. Not live and tell about it, she flirted back. He laughed his laughter was contagious, and she turned until their lips almost touched. I'm about to get very inappropriate. She inhaled his intoxicated scent, but only for you. She wanted him to kiss her in the room of one hundred of his number one fans. He looked over her seductively and her defenses began to crumble. Her body vibrated for him to touch her as the music played and the women screamed, still hoping that there were their chance in the red chair. Are we talking genuine pony or Chris Brown take you down? She knew how to tease too. Oh, baby girl You ain't seen nothing prove it
2: That's (laughs) awesome
3: That's part of chapter eight actually
4: (laughs) All
1: right, Dylan are we up? That is spicy that is, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a really good series. Thank you. Where did you get the inspiration for it?
3: Uh, I love music, and I'm a concert goer, and I just wanted to mix the tale. It's almost like a coming-of-age um, story for her because she's from a very straight-laced political family, and he is from a um, basically a second-generation performer. So I wanted to kind of test the waters of what it's like for somebody to grow up in the limelight and also desire it, but on his own terms. So the two of them kind of have something to prove and they come together uh, and find love. But they also have their battles as they both kind of weather through how to do life their own way.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome.
2: awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. Rebecca, did you want to read yours? And then we can uh, do the chat for everybody right afterwards.
2: That sounds
4: great. I loved both the other ones too, those are really fun. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna read, um, I'm reading from a story. It's this one right here, Stockholm Diaries, Caroline. But it's now going to be called, in first person, it's called What the Heart Wants. It has a new cover and um, it is, about someone who she has a plan, and she's going to go to Stockholm for a month and jumpstart her photography, her photojournalism career, but her plan is not, does not include the hot hockey player who is across the hall from her, and so this, of course, mixes up everything and um, sets her on a maybe new trajectory, or she has to decide. Um, So I'm going to read from, not the beginning, but um, a few chapters in, um, where they, um, the Nicholas and Caroline have met a couple times, um, but not very, um, not very much, but they've met in this exact place before. Um, so I'm going to, I think mine is a little shorter. We'll see. <laughs> um, There was something about the feel of the early morning hours that kept me waking up every day for solitary walks with only my camera and my pepper spray in hand, despite what had happened the other day. Logically, I knew I'd never adjust to the time change if I kept getting up at 3.30 a.m. for a walk, only to crash back into bed after a couple hours, just as the city began to wake up, but I couldn't help it. I found a way to have Stockholm all to myself. In this magical world of mine, I was finally able to live inside the stillness of one of my photographs, able to move through its world as slowly as I wanted, without disruption. I tried to let the memory of the other night fade with baseball cap and the pepper spray clutched tightly in my hand. The other, and the occasional wanderers passed by, sometimes an amorous couple, but mostly groups of teenage Drunk teenagers or men far beyond their top teen years, but still drunk. They didn't come near. Instead, they continued in loud, testosterone-fueled voices until they disappeared around the corner, oblivious to the hazy glow of the morning light on the leaves of the park trees. I had only a few more minutes before the sun emerged, changing everything. I removed the lens cap and pointed the camera through the magnolia tree branches in front of me, The pink and white blossoms soft against the clear morning sky. Suddenly, my arms prickled with goosebumps. Someone was there. I hadn't heard anyone approach, yet I could feel the presence of another person. Close, too close. My heart pounded in my ears as I lowered my camera and turned around. Nicholas. He was standing only a few feet away near enough to make my heart jump. Though now I wasn't sure if this was the surprise of his sudden presence or the way I'd sized him up before I was even aware of what I was doing. He was dressed in a t-shirt and shorts that barely contained his sizable body and a considerable portion of this body was muscle. The cut over his eye had healed a little. Though his gaze was as as impassive as ever, his cheeks were flushed, his mouth was parted in what looked like surprise. What are you doing out here? He asked softly. Exactly what it looks like, I said. I sounded a little more curt than I had intended, so I softened my voice. I'm photographing the trees in the park. I just didn't realize you were so, so near. My face heated up. His eyes bore into me as I said those last two words, and for a moment, his guarded look faltered. I meant, what are you doing out here, alone again at four in the morning? It's when the light's best, I said with a twinge of irritation. Why was I explaining myself to this man? I put my hand on my hip and, with a hit of sass, added, what are you doing out here? He ignored my question. It's not safe to to be out here by yourself. I raised my eyebrows, bristling at his stark tone and the implication that he, practically a stranger, was the authority on what was best for me. And he was implying that I wasn't safe out here while he was in fact out here alone as well. After all the talk about pro-gender equity men in Sweden, how had I managed to find a neighbor who hadn't gotten the message, I (laughs) sighed. I have pepper spray, I said, digging in my pocket until I pulled it out. "Mm, Not sure if that stuff is legal here in Sweden, he said, raising an eyebrow. Besides, you weren't ready to use it. I would have been if there had been real danger, I knew my answer sounded childish before the words left my mouth, but I said it anyway. Much to my increasing irritation, he gave a dry laugh. Fine, he said. Then spray me. Right now. I frowned. You don't want me to do that. It'll burn your eyes badly. That reasoning is why the pepper spray won't help you, he said. The amusement still on his face. You have to be willing to use it. He was goading me. I could feel it, but it was working. My hand twitched around the canister. Fine, I said and I reached to pull the cap off the spray. But before I even touched it, he grabbed both my hands together with his. He used used the other to turn me around and hold me against his solid chest. My pepper spray dropped to the ground. I gasped, my mind trying to process the sensation of my back against the warmth of his hard muscles. I stopped breathing. His large arm held me firmly against him and my heart frantically pounded inside my chest. I looked down at the scarred knuckles of his hand that was easily holding both of mine. Before my mind had fully registered all these details, his grip softened. Gently, he turned me around by my waist. I was facing him, but he didn't release me right away. I wasn't sure where to look, at the broad solid chest only inches away at the tense muscles of his arms, I drew in my first shaky breath in too long. I tilted my head up and found Nicholas's eyes fixed on mine. It's not safe to wander around alone at night, even if it's light out, he said
2: softly. That's it. Mm, very good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um where did you get the inspiration for
4: that? Um, so I, my husband is Swedish, and we lived in Sweden a couple times. Oh, and um, when I was there, I met all these people who, all these expats from everywhere in the world, and people had moved there for all these different, under all these different circumstances, um, but for love, right? So they had given a chance. You know, some people had met online. All these different scenarios. And so um, I started writing, I wrote a couple of these that are um, basically Swedish heroes and um, North American expats who um, come under different circumstances and meet hot modern vikings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They they uh,
2: come (laughs) under normal... Different circumstances. <laughs> I, just yeah, to get it right. I just want to make sure I, I heard. <laughs> they are really hot. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah, I am Swedish. Well, mostly. Most of me is um, and uh, but I like to call my husband my Viking king. So he's got <laughs> he's uh his genealogy, he goes all the way back to Viking kings. So Nice. Yeah. Wow <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's really fun, and it's 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 fun to write a, about a place that um, um, it's you know there's a lot of really good literature out there about Paris, about Italy, which are really fun places to write about also. But but Sweden's not one of the there's a couple writers that write out there, but but not a lot. So it's fun. Yeah, wow, that
1: sounds so
2: fun. That's awesome.
1: Um, what about you, Jamie?
4: Yes.
1: You get the inspiration for that one.
2: Um, well, like I said, I just wanted to write a story, kind of a fish out of water. But Susan Elizabeth Phillips is my hero. I mean, she's the queen of rom com. Um, I remember when I the first read one of her books, um, we had moved to Houston.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Shout out. Yeah.
1: I just moved from there. Did you really? Yeah, I just did. I literally, we pulled in about four days ago. We left.
2: Uh, the 28th of, of, of of December. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, we're, I'm Houston, but (laughs) I had lived, I know, (laughs) Uh, but we, we had lived in Austin and I had all my friends, my kids had grown, you know, my kids were not out of, they were still home, but they were a little older, but so I left all my friends and I was very sad when I moved here and I'd been sad for a couple of years, actually, <laughs> and because everybody found friends except me. So I was reading, someone suggested Nobody's Baby But Mine, which is Susan Elizabeth Phillips' book. It's part of her Chicago Star series. And I was, you know, I had the paperback and I was reading it and I had to put the book down, wipe the tears from my eyes because I was laughing so hard, pick it back up and read it. And I just remember, I'd never read anything like it. And I remember thinking, I want to do that. Like, I just want to do that someday. So the Rockstar book is pretty zany. I mean, <clears throat> it's it's also emotional, but but it's also there's some pretty zany um, moments. And so I would probably have to say that most of my books are inspired by my love for Susan Elizabeth Phillips, which that's another story in and of (laughs) itself. There may or may not be a restraining order against me (laughs) by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. No, thankfully she did not call the police when I met her at RWA, but it was close. All right. Um,
1: I can't see any of the reader comments. Um, I had to, my computer was freezing up and it was my computer for some reason. It's weird technical problems today. Um, so I had to pop on my phone, but my app doesn't show the reader comments. So um, Dylan's going to pop in real quick so um, she can help you guys uh, answer the questions with the readers. Okay. All right. Dylan, are you ready?
2: They've left us alone. Uh-oh. Right.
1: <laughs> we're going to try this
2: again <laughs> in bed. Oh, look. That's awesome. So if we um, can always do, like, from your nose up. Right. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now we can see. Yeah, there oh, yeah.
0: Better? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got you on my computer, on my laptop, and I'm talking to you on my phone. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but I was going to pull up a couple of the questions people were asking while you were reading. Linda wanted to know if you work besides writing, how do you juggle that and also juggle your writing with your personal life? So who wants to tackle that one? Anybody have another job? I know Jamie does. No, I don't. Not anymore?
2: Mm. I've I've been home since last December, and then I uh, stopped the little part-time thing I was doing uh, about a month ago. Mm,
0: I did not know that. Well, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thanks. See, I thought I was smarter than I am. How about you, (laughs) Rebecca?
4: Um, I do academic editing. and just for actually for Swedish academics that um, that wow. are publishing English books, um, but it, and it's it's kind of it, it you'd think that it would be related, but it feels like it's it's actually not, and it's <laughs> interfering because the academic language is so different. So I do that um, some part time, um, and then I uh, I have two kids, um, and they like attention as is my husband. So it's always a work in progress for the um the balance of that. And it kind of depends on what stage any project is in, um, in terms of of yep. how balance is. Sure.
2: Yep.
0: And how about you, Janice? It's
3: weird. It's a nice little mix. Um, we have a small business Uh, We do website development and online marketing for nonprofits. And so I'm fortunate that uh, our son joined the business two years ago. So I'm able to kind of slowly pull away. And Mm -hmm. so really for the past about year and a half, um, almost two years, I focused on writing. So every year you get a little bit better, you know, one year you're focusing more on your marketing, another year you're focusing on just developing your craft and all the while chugging along so uh, the way that i balance it is just trying to keep a good schedule um trying to make sure that my family understands what my priorities are and when there's a launch they know it's just all about dr pepper and hot tamales it's like Mm. (laughs) you know to keep the energy high and uh, to keep things moving along and so it's been a journey and I'm, i'm fortunate that my husband and my kids are understanding but they're all grown now, so it's been a mm. really good transition for me.
2: this Yeah, day. me too, yeah.
4: How old are your kiddos, Rebecca? Are they younger or they're older? Yeah. I have um, an elementary school and a middle schooler, so I'm kind of right in the thick. They're not so young that they need, like, the, you know, I don't have to carry them around all the time. Yes. But, yes. but they definitely still like a lot of attention. It's a really fun age, actually. It's really it's good, but it's not... Um, they're it doesn't feel like we're anywhere near the they're going off and doing something yeah. else. <laughs> we're a long way off.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got um, let's see, they all just had birthdays. So 15, 13, and 10. Oh, um, nice. so, so yeah, it's hard okay. sometimes because they they don't need you as much as they did when they were little, but they need you in different ways now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and Jamie, how about you? I Is have three. If they're supportive, they are. I have three, and they're all, um, they're all grown, and uh, so they're really supportive. They're really proud of me. Um, I, my daughter says she's read the book, but I don't think she has. Uh, but or <laughs> she hasn't read the whole thing because I think I would catch some flack for it if I, if she did. But and my husband's really supportive. But interestingly enough, we were just talking and. I uh, have a friend whose husband reads, like he's her first reader. So he reads for like logic. Does this make sense? I'm like, okay, I don't really care about logic. So that doesn't really bother me. So <laughs> like, he said, I don't really have to read it. You just keep making money. And I was like, okay. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> and he's, he's, he'll tell me, I'm not your audience. And I'm, I'm like, you sure aren't. So there's no reason Girl. at all for you to read them. Yeah.
4: I, my husband um, read one book
2: of mine. Yeah. He and that was yeah it.
4: No, my husband's super supportive, but does not read anything <laughs> of mine. And um one time I was doing I was doing an ex con story and yeah. um and he and he knew about the Swedish prison prison system. So I was asked, I asked him a ton of stories. And then he looked at me and was like, Why the hell would anyone ever want to read a story about an ex con? And then they're like, i
0: con looking for adre- redemption. That's like the best story ever. So, <laughs> he's clearly not my reader at <laughs> all. Right, exactly. That's no, not, not our readers. And that's okay. Say,
2: really quickly, I have to shout out, I mean, he does everything. Y'all, he does everything. Like, he does everything. I write. And I'm not even really productive at that some days. But... <laughs> And I try to keep things picked up and I deal with our dog, which is a full-time job, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's just really supportive, but he does it because, you know, he, he really does support me in this. So that's, that's really cool.
0: I think that makes a big difference too. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. When, when you feel like you have that support. Mm-hmm. I I think it definitely, um, I think it just makes me not feel as guilty, you know, if, mm-hmm. if uh, he has to pick up dinner or yeah, you know, working up against a deadline and mm-hmm. and he takes the kids to a movie or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. It's, it's nice. And I think it's also helpful when the um, husbands
3: can find a way to be a part of it, even mm-hmm. if they're not your first readers.
2: Right. Um, exactly
3: it helps With my ads. And I think as we're getting better and you're earning more, hopefully then they just feel like it's, like a fa- not a family effort, but kind of like a family effort. Mm-hmm. And um, the more they feel a part of it, I think the more that they're understanding when you have to detach or you have to write yeah. on a holiday, and it just sure. makes it easier.
2: I have been trying to take uh, Sundays off, and the first few weeks I was pretty itchy. Um, I did not; it was really hard. But I've I've done it. I've I've stuck to my guns. But I have a deadline coming up, and I did tell him I. Probably will have to write some you know work on Sundays leading up to this deadline to my developmental editor, so yeah it's but it's hard, it's hard yeah and then when you take and then I took a week off at Christmas, and when you take that week off, it's okay. really hard to come back you know yeah. to get back in the saddle yeah, yeah. yep, sure is. <laughs> yep, it sure is
0: we had another question from Jamie. She wants to know how long you've all been writing and who is your favorite author or books that you've read or written? Yeah.
2: Well, so, I'll go first. First, first of all, one. Jamie's mother was on drugs like mine and left the E off our names. Um, so, <laughs> and I thought when I became an author, that was going to be like, finally, that's going to be, that's going to be my key to uniqueness. They're like, eight other Jamie's with an eye <laughs> authors. I'm like, yeah. Dumbass. I can think of two right off the top yeah, of my head. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> so anyway, um, I did not start writing until I was 47. So eight years ago, I'm 55. So I don't mind telling people. And uh, I, yeah, I did not write a thing until then. And then it started with my friend's birthday book. And then it just went from there. And actually Rockstar was really the first book I've, Finished, and it's the first book I published. Uh, I was real fortunate to get involved with a critique group that helped me tear it apart and put it back together. And um, so that's that. Susan Elizabeth Phillips is my favorite author, probably. And but my favorite book is Outlander. Oh, love that. Yeah. I'm an Outlander evangelist. If I told as many people about Outlander as I do me, G- I mean if I told as many people about Jesus as I do Outlander, the whole world would be saved. So <laughs> sadly I don't.
0: <laughs> no, I love that series. It took me like three times though to get into it because the the first book, the way it starts with all the, you know, the flora mm. and the fauna and the herbs
2: yeah. and all that yeah, stuff. So like, yeah. Oh, um, I always tell but, people oh you gotta test yeah, you gotta yes. test the third chapter. And then if you do that and no, I, Jamie, yep. I'm a Luann, not a Lynn. <laughs> but
0: still yeah. an L, right? You're a Jamie yeah. L. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's L-U-A-N. So it's really Jamal Luan instead of Jamie Luann.
0: <laughs> so so poor, I'm mother. sure you you two are almost soul sisters.
2: We're almost, yeah.
0: <laughs> almost. <laughs> How about you, Janice? How um, long have you been writing? I've been writing, uh,
3: honestly, my whole life. Uh, I was a poetry writer um, as a child, and then I did short stories, but then, you know, as you get older and you're in, um, whether it's college or graduate school, and, you, and school takes over, but I've always, always, always was a reader, and um, and it kind of ties into the other part of the question, which one of my favorite, um, well, I have kind of like three core favorites, but one of my favorite authors, I had an opportunity to meet when I was like 15 or 16 years old. And her name was Evelyn Palfrey. And she just kind of from a distance took me under her wing as a reader. And so when it was time for me to kind of start writing my first book, I, I guess I just had that fire in my, my belly. So um, her, um, I'm a huge Beverly Jenkins fan, um, mm-hmm. Rochelle Ellers. And so whenever I write, I kind of, I hope I channel some of them because they're just women that I can go back to that always had strong um, African-American romance. And now I mix that with, you know, black woman, white man, interracial romance, multicultural romance and just spice, you know, all of that goodness of my life in with what I learned from them. And so, Pretty much been a lifelong writer. My first novel uh, was Black Diamond, and I wrote that with Nano Rimo and okay. that was in 2000. I think it was 2008. Oh wow! It was 2008.
0: So ten years. Mm-hmm. Published. I can I can do that math in my head. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, you're good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I try. And how about
4: you, Rebecca? Um, so I have kind of a similar story to Janice that I started out, um, I, I actually published some poetry when I was younger, which means like in college, <laughs> um, and, and I started out, um, but I always wanted to write um, a novel, but I, I was kind of waiting enough to be good enough, waiting around to be good enough. Um, because you know when you just wait around that's how you get good enough but but of course i gave up on that plan after a while and just um wrote when we were in sweden um with kids like it was hard for me to work too so i just decided to give it a try a friend i actually one of our neighbors is was the biggest writer in sweden i was like oh other people do this too you know I, i can do this so um I, uh, so this was back in um, 2000, maybe 2013 when I started to write my first book, um, but, and published in 2015 is my first, was my first book. So yeah, not that long, but lifelong dream. <laughs> yes. Well, and I know we're coming
0: up on about um, five minutes left. We want to make sure that we kind of keep it, you know, close to an hour, but I was just going to ask, is there um, anything that you would want your readers or someone that was, you know, that maybe hasn't read your books before to know about you or your style or, you know, maybe what can they expect to get if they open up a Jamie Albright book or a Rebecca Hunter book or Janice Dixon?
3: I can start with that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Because I can't always hear Rebecca. Um, I, I think one of the things I, uh, my fans always like to tell me is that they could be the characters. And to me, that's a compliment. It's mm-hmm. a compliment because we don't always know what we're going to do in certain situations. And it's easier to let the people on the page go through the heartbreak, <laughs> you know, go through those trials and errors. And and so I, I love that. Um, if I can get you to shed a tear, you know, she wins. And... Mm-hmm. um but I also oh, you're one
0: of those like, writers, huh?
3: You know, <laughs> like to tear out people's mind. guts. <laughs> you know, just a oh, just a little bit. And honestly, to just to have a staycation. I want my mm-hmm. stories to be, whether it's a $4.99 or if you buy a paperback, a $15 vacation where you just kind of mm-hmm. check out, you know, dive into a great book, find out about some great characters, and then you can jump back into your world. And so I look mm-hmm. forward to connecting with everyone if they buy my books. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Um, I think that people uh, when they open my books, they're gonna laugh. There's oh. always some laughter. Um but they're also it's also an emotional journey. Like I, I get that a lot from readers um in reviews that they laughed and they cried and and um they um they identify with the characters or they at least identify with the situation the characters are in. So like Janice said, that's a real compliment when you can make your characters relatable enough that, that people identify with them. And so, um, even though, you know, they're not running out of a hotel room without their underwear, um, but they still happen to at least
0: like 20% of us.
2: (laughs) I will never, I will neither confirm nor deny, but um, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I just think that um, you know, there's just a lot of issues, and, and because it's small town, people who grew up in small towns, oh my gosh, because I grew up in a small town, I, they tell me all the time that happened in my high school or that happened in you know in my <laughs> town, and I'm like, I know it happened in mine too. So yeah, it's pretty universal. So I think that's that's the big thing that people will just. They will laugh, but they'll also have their heartstrings tugged on a little bit, and then they'll identify with characters. So.
4: Mm-hmm. And how about you, Rebecca? Um, so my so my books are often um, a character. They're fish out of water in the sense that one of the characters um, is usually in um, a new place, often a foreign country. So um, one of my series takes place in Australia, one in Sweden. So there's a sort of a wanderlust um, thread through all of them. Um, Some are funnier, some are a little more like um, serious, I guess. thoughtful, serious. Um, And they're almost always a pretty, like very hero and heroine centered. They're together a lot. um, There's a lot of, um, yeah, intensity about the relationship and it's usually pretty hot. So (laughs) that's what you're gonna get.
0: Hot intensity is always good. That's good. (laughs) All right. I was just going to see if you had any other questions. I think we're coming up on nine o'clock. So um, yeah, Jamie just says those are the easiest, easiest books to read for me. She said anything relatable. I think um, we can all agree with that. So I'm going to pop Dawn back on here in just a minute so we can just kind of wrap up. Um, but I just wanted to say, thank you guys so much for yeah. joining us and sad. taking the time and Um, We've got your giveaways live. Um, There's a a post on the page on how to enter the different giveaways. You can follow on um, two different ways to enter for each of you, and we'll leave those open for about 24 hours or so so people have a chance who weren't able to tune in live to watch the replay and get a chance to, to enter the giveaways. And we'll also pop links up there to the books that you read from tonight so that if people are are interested in learning more about those and taking a peek. Now, um, are you in KU or which ones
4: are in KU? I am too. I'm I'm not in KU except the new story that's coming out in March, the new version, that one's gonna be in KU for a little bit. But some of my stuff is Trad, so it's a traditional publisher. So I'm sure.
0: So we'll just, we'll pop the links up there. Um, So Jamie and Janice are both in KU and Rebecca. We'll just put your Amazon link up there. But then if people want to find it elsewhere, um, they'll know that it's available other places too. So cool. Well, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for your patience with our technical difficulties. This is, I think, our seventh episode. So Don and I are still kind of new at it and figuring it out. And dang, it's no fun when technology doesn't cooperate. So so thanks for hanging in there with us. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and um, pull you guys out and pop her back in and then we'll wrap up. Okay.
2: So thank you. one second. Thank you, bye. Thank you.
0: Bye, oh, this was nice. fun. Yeah, you this don't is- have to hang up. You can you can hang out in the lobby here for a second. But yeah, okay. let me pop you guys out and we'll put Dawn back up. I feel like the person behind the curtain right now. All right. Are you there, Don? I'm oh, here. there. She is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don, it's nice to see you tonight. Hi. We weren't able to connect at the same <laughs> time before, were we?
1: <laughs> yeah. So my my computer decided to to um upgrade update. and oh. Reboot, even though I told it to do it tomorrow. So that's what was going on with me. So
0: just gotcha.
1: time for it. To do that. I
0: still haven't figured out what my issue was because there's only one child at home right now. The rest were at Ski Club. Um, so I went and froze my ass off. It was, I think, 25 degrees out, taking pictures of my son's first snowboarding lesson ever. Um, and then hustled back here in time. So I don't know what was going on with my computer. But yeah. but it's nice to see you, Don.
1: Yes, you too. <laughs> <laughs> and now so, uh, we're, we're getting settled so the next time I will be in a house and not in our R V anymore. Oh I'm very
0: excited about that. You might have to come back out to the R V just to do know, romance happy said- hours so you have some peace and quiet. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nine o'clock here, so so it is later, so I can just kid, send my kids to bed and be like, this is mommy sanity time. See ya. That's right. You are an
0: hour later than me now. Yeah. I have to keep that in mind when I'm texting you and calling you at all hours. Oh, so, well, no fun. So, no, I'm excited that your family is going to be settled soon, and you had a nice holiday and a nice cross-country trip. Good.
1: Yes. We fell in love with Georgia, actually. So we went to Chattahoochee Bend State Park. And oh, cool. Totally loved it. It was really neat. I've
0: not been there. But you know what? You've been yeah. everywhere in the world that I haven't. So I'm not surprised. We
1: just popped off the, um, four of the, like, seven states that we had left to visit. <laughs> so we got, like, like Michigan and um, Vermont, Wyoming. Uh, California and Hawaii, and then we've been to
2: all fifty states.
0: So. Oh, I thought you meant that you went to Michigan and Vermont on the way from no, Texas haven't. to Virginia. Okay, because yeah, I was going to say, even I know that is not the most convenient <laughs> route. Okay, <laughs> yeah. gotcha.
1: We <laughs> well, let's go bad. to Hawaii
0: together. I think we should have our five-year romance happy hour anniversary in Hawaii.
1: That is a plan. We're going to. Okay, I'm just going to
0: toss that out there right now.
1: I, I'm all right. Hawaii fund.
0: <laughs> I'll start mine too. I'll, okay. I'll uh, the the coffee can that's just about empty because I don't have any coffee filters left. Um, I'll start putting my pennies in there tomorrow. There you go. All right.
1: Are we gonna well? Let's wrap
0: a- this a- up. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. sorry. What reader? Sure. Go. Anybody okay. can come. It's it'll be a party.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So um, uh, we wanted to thank you guys for coming tonight. Uh, we had a lot of fun, even through our technical difficulties. And um, just comment to win uh, for their books. It looks like they have some amazing books to give away. And Dylan, did you have anything else to say? No, because
0: I was not on the ball enough to pull up Next Time's guests. But we are booked, like, pretty much out until April or May right yeah, now. So we are- we've got a lot of incredible authors that are coming on and I will get my internet fixed before then. I'm going to have my personal tech guy, AKA my husband who does not deliver (laughs) wine, but knows how to um, work a router. And so we're going to get some, some help in there and figure out what's going on so that we make sure that this doesn't happen next time.
1: And I just want to say thank you so much for doing everything for this, this week's broadcast. I feel so bad. But no,
0: that's know. why there's two of us, Don. Yeah, so we're one. we're like we're like clones of each other. So you're you're like my dolly sheep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. That sounds bad. I was outside for hours. Okay, it, it, my my head froze. I brain freeze.
1: You're brain freeze.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's what it's like to live in Minnesota. I wish I was in in Texas still with Jamie. That would be better. Dumb. So.
1: I don't know, I can we kinda want some snow. We visited Yankee Candle today and there's two Yankee candles where they they it snows inside year round. Oh. One's in Williamsburg and um one's in Deerfield, Mass, I believe. Deerfield or Springfield. Okay. And um so we went over there with my kids and my boys were like, Is it real snow? And they're trying to catch it, so they want the snow. So we'll trade you places for a little bit. Okay. Okay.
0: Once you get into your house, I'm not going to put my Great Dane, my 70 pound rescue mutt, our new cat and my three kids in an RV. That is not (laughs) happening. (laughs) Once you get in the house, we can talk. Okay. All
1: right. Sounds good.
0: All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. Um, It was great to to have you tune in for our first episode for 2019. And we will see you in two weeks, two weeks from tonight, which is January 24th. And watch our Facebook page. We're going to get the event posted so you'll know who you're going to see.
1: All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Good night. for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming
0: on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com.
1: Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page.
0: To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info.
1: We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers!